0: Father, who in heaven,
1: me, Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series The Temple of the Mind, Part 2, they examine motives, our tendencies to judge others, and the dangers that lie ahead for God's people, so all can have prepared hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose.
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg.
2: And my name is Susan Collenberg.
0: And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose in our series, The Temple of the Mind, Part Two. And we are on program number 37 on the series The Temple of Mind Part Two. And the title of the program, I want to just call it the Golden Rule, um, but our quote quotation for the day is Matthew 7:12. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you do ye even so to them. And so this is going to be a really uh, good program because it just has to do with changing that mindset to put others first. Don't you agree, Susan? Yes. So would you open with a word of prayer, yes. please? Thank you.
2: Our loving Father in heaven, we are so thankful that it's not just a list of rules and of things to do and things that not to do, but that it's an actual... Um, exercising of our own minds and giving us the ability to to understand right and wrong and to giving and also giving us the power to make good choices and to be different people and uh, thank you for helping us to a lot for allowing us to participate in our healing process and we just ask now that you would send your spirit to us and to everybody who's listening and um, help us all to continue to grow closer to you and we thank you in jesus name
0: Amen. Amen. Yes, do unto others. Um, so uh recently, very, very recently, Susan and I had an anniversary for twenty six years. Did I get it right? Twenty-six years of what? Of marriage.
2: Yes, of marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um correct.
0: And that's that's a good miracle stuff. in itself. That's a miracle in and of itself. Um and so we were just discussing that. Um, and I hope I just did some math on it because I hope I did the math right because I did it like while the music was playing. So uh, you were bragging? No, I wasn't. Oh. I wasn't bragging. I actually, I actually got quite humbled um, because I was first going to to we were going to talk about you know hey where do we go on anniversaries? What do we do on anniversaries? What do people do and do they? and how much do Susan and I travel just in general yes and i said wait a minute we've been around the sun 26 times <laughs> 26 years right right so i i, I googled it naturally cuz it's, it's and, and that's 5 each time each trip around the sun is 584 million miles now if i got that wrong don't throw rocks at me because that's a later for that's a lesson for later but f- so For 26 years, that's 15 billion miles that Susan and I have traveled together. (laughs) Now, I want you to think about this. If you were to set your mind on traveling 15 billion miles on your own, that's absurd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But here God has us traveling through space without being harmed Mm -hmm. 15 Billion miles in the last 26 years.
2: Well, I think probably for me, the most uh, miraculous thing of this whole marriage that we had was that when we had gotten clean and sober, we had been um, drug addict buddies for probably about 10 years prior to us getting clean and getting um, uh, married. And so when you look back and you you know, sometimes when you get far removed from a situation that was so bad, you kind of lose the um, the intensity of it and the yeah. perspective of it. But you know, both of us can go back to that time and it, and when we were using, when we first got clean and sober, it was like, "Am I even going to make it to fifty years old?" Yeah, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. I, "Am I even going to live another day?" Um, and yet to be able to have a um, a respectful um, to respect one another and to have a, um, a successful marriage, um, is, is really a miracle. And I think one of the biggest things that when we're working with people, one of the biggest things that, um, that I communicate, especially to young women is, is that, um, marriage is about being able to, to be in a relationship and you can be yourself and there's no, um, You're not being condemned for who you are or, you know, you can be yourself. Everything is peaceful and there's no chaos. And so I think, I think probably the most important thing that I love about our marriage is that, you know, we can be together in our little home um, without a TV and just be able to be in each other's presence and not have any chaos. I think that's, a big thing. And of course, we don't have children because I know that children bring in another level of, of existence. But um, I think it's a miracle that we've made it this far.
0: I, I, a friend of mine, Bev, I won't say her last name, posted a, uh, something on on social media and it was a picture of Susan and I when we got married. And Oh,
2: yes. And, and
0: Susan, I think about that this time when we got married had 10 months Clean time under her belt. Correct. And I had about four and a half right. months. And I mean, I looked like who did it and ran.
2: You looked terrified. Uh, I
0: I looked terrified. I looked different. Yes. And then there was a there was a picture uh, next to that of us recently at a class reunion. And we, but Susan very similar, great smile, <laughs> you know, glowing. And here I am, just scared to death, uh, because reality was hitting. Uh, me right between the eyes, and I mean, when you're coming out of darkness. It's it's a- right,
2: and I think that's the thing is, you know, when we're so steeped in sin, making a commitment to, um, to, um, to, to be committed to a relationship with another human being, let alone with God, is um, is something that's so foreign to um, an individual if you haven't had that before. It just because it's just like this, almost like this insurmountable. T- Thing. How am I ever going to be able to do it? And I'm so glad that God is so gracious that He takes us where we're at and just gently leads us to mm-hmm. where we need to be. Yeah. As long as we're, you know, keep our hearts and our minds open to Him. And so, um, and I know that it's only because of His presence in our relationship that we've lasted this long. Because, you know, as human beings, um, we can, and I think we're going to talk about that in this program, is that we, you know, we tend to, um, look at the world in in um, through our own eyes with our own perspective as instead of being able to have that bigger picture view where we can take other people's perspectives into right. into our our realm but a lot of times we just we're like a you know that we're like a monster truck going through a uh. um, a you know, like a crowded mall r- mowing everybody down, regardless yeah. of what's going on. So, yeah,
0: we don't see the world as it is, we see it as we are, right? Yeah, and so, I, I through my recovery, um, I've I try to keep my eyes open for spiritual ob- like object lessons in the physical world because, uh, it's a good way to, um, self examine if you will mm-hmm. and uh, just for instance the other morning i was driving over the driving over the um the bridge by folsom by folsom lake dam and another person was coming down the hill and he crossed two double yellow lines he was in a dump truck he crossed two double yellow lines heading straight at me and then saw me at the last minute and yanked his wheel to the right and avoided hitting me, but it was a dump truck full of either a asphalt base or, or uh, crushed rock or whatever it was, and some of the rocks came off of the truck, hit my windshield, and, and cracked it, and immediately, I was very thankful that the guy you know, didn't hit me and that he got everything corrected, and hopefully, whatever it was that distracted him, he's done with that. But anyway, I'm driving along, and a little voice says in my head, that is a picture of your life, Rich. Mm. You have, so my life I, is boil it down to two rules. Stay in your lane and don't throw rocks. And I think if we can remember those two rules, we can treat other people with dignity and respect, just simply stay. You know where your lane is, and you know when you're out of your lane. You know, and that's when you're talking about something or somebody that you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. You know, or you might think you know something about it, but you don't have all the facts. Stay in your lane and don't throw rocks. It boils down to pretty simple. And Jesus commands us. Well, be, I want to back up just a second because we look at we look at what we have to give Jesus, mm-hmm. and I think we look at it backwards you know, when we're going to give him service, we're going to give him commitment, we're going to give him... Jesus wants one thing mm. from every person, and that's their sin. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the only thing we can give him.
2: Right. Well, he
0: wants to take your sin from you. Right. He wants to... And the only way is if we voluntarily give it to him. Mm-hmm. And so, so part of that recipe is to love one another. With other words, we have to train that selfish brain. We have to let Jesus into our heart. He commands us to love one another. Why? Because we don't like to, but it's in one comprehensive principle that covers all the relationships of the human community. See, the Jews, in back in Christ's day, they're a good example, but once again, we don't want to throw rocks. We're going to use them as an example because... Basically, it's humanity anyway. We're all like this. But they had been concerned about what they would receive. The burden of their anxiety was to secure what they thought was their due. In other words, their due of power, their due of respect, their due of service. And so and I think that's human nature. You know, right. we default. Mm-hmm. You know, the world owes us something. It owes us respect or whatever. Right,
2: because because Christ teaches us that anxi- that our anxiety shouldn't be you know what am i what do i what am i going to receive but more how much can i give right because the standard of our obligation to others is found in what we ourselves would regard as their obligation to us
0: that's an interesting so way to put it right
2: so we're always you know we, we want to put ourselves at the forefront and jesus says that's not the the way to it's true happiness
0: backwards right. see in our association with others we should put ourselves in their place enter into their feelings, their difficulties, their disappointments, their joys, their sorrows, identify ourselves with them, and then do to them as if it were we were to, you know, exchange places with them. Um, now, I'm going to ask a question, because a lot of times this gets a little confused. What happens when you pray for someone? In other words, because it makes the world a better place, right? If everybody's praying for everybody else. I guess it, w- it
2: depends on what the prayer is. Well, okay. <laughs>
0: but but if it does, if it does make the world a better place, how? Because is 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 prayer for somebody else changing God or is it changing the person who's praying?
2: Changing the person who's praying and hopefully the person who they're praying for.
0: Exactly. So then what happens is things get changed for the better by default because now we begin to enter in To other people's pain and their feelings and their joys and all that stuff.
2: Right. So if you go back to that, to the rule, the 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 true rule of life is the rule of of honesty. It's another expression of the law, "Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself," and it is the substance of the teaching of the prophets. It is a principle of heaven, and it will be developed in all who are fitted for companionship with god and his holy angels
0: yeah the golden rule is the principle of true courtesy you know treating people with dignity and respect and its truest illustration is seen in the life and the character of jesus this same spirit will be revealed in his children those with whom christ dwells will be surrounded by a divine atmosphere these are the people that don't hold grudges they don't insist upon having their own way that's these are the Christ-like people,
2: mm-hmm. and their faces will reflect that light of from from God. The one who has the true ideal of what constitutes a mature character will manifest sympathy and ten- that manifests the same sympathy and tenderness of Christ. The influence of grace will soften the heart, refine and purify the feelings, and produce a heaven-born charm and sense of priority, mm-hmm. which is interesting because sometimes I feel the exactly the opposite of that last sentence L- I just read.
0: Let's talk about it. Mm. Because how do you, I mean, our feelings can really, really get in the way of a lot of things, right? Right. Now, we were talking earlier in the car
2: mm-hmm.
0: about, where, where you know we we think we're going, and about uh, being like Jesus, and then and then you said, what happens? Somebody pulls Goes in front of in you, front of and-, and the word "you're an idiot" flies out of your you know your mouth, and then and there you are, boom, back in a spiral, right? Going, but what? Why did that come out of your mouth? Be- it
2: revealed what's in the head and the heart.
0: It it's reveals the the last x amount of years of life
2: right that's that ingrained that, that's automatic that
0: you're response. trying to allow jesus to weed out of your
2: right so have you character. ever so did have you so when that happens do you ever stop before you have an automatic response and say oh well that is happening in order to polish my character
0: it's not happening to me it's right. happening for me exactly I
2: don't think I stopped that quickly and say, I think other things happen instead.
0: Right. The knee-jerk reaction is... Anger. Somebody... Yeah. Remember anger? Um, And how does anger manifest itself? Two ways. Mm. Hurt Mm -hmm. and frustration, right? Right. Hurt is something is happening to me that I don't want to happen. Mm -hmm. And frustration is there's something I want and I'm not getting. Right. So if someone pulls in front of you, what happens? Something is happening to you that you didn't want. Somebody pulled in front of you. And then, of course, frustration is, I have to slow down. I'm not getting where I want, when I want. And all of a sudden, it becomes my—we realize it's my agenda that got interrupted.
2: And honestly, I don't know that I struggle with that as much anymore. But I think what's even more um, can be more damaging. And maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong about this. But I think that when I'm now, as I'm getting, I think, older— when I'm on the road, I think instead of having an angry response, I have a fearful response. Okay. So I think that that even that the automatic um, emotion of having fear in a situation, I don't think that God desires us to have that either. I, I'm not trying to say that um, it's a sin, but I think it's damaging.
0: It's damaging. You and and I've heard you come home and go. It's scary the way that people drive nowadays. Right, right. Everybody's out on their own agenda, speeding, cutting people off and whatnot. And it is frightening. Right. And it is a natural reaction. I mean, people, a guy passed, I used
2: to be the one that was speeding and weaving sh- in and out of traffic. So now I'm, I can I don't do that anymore. So now, now other people everybody, are doing— yeah, <laughs> yeah, so now nobody
0: should, right? right? Exactly. Yeah, that's how that works. Yes. Um, so, but there is a deeper significance to the golden rule everyone who has been made a steward of the manifold grace of God is called also to impart to people that are in ignorance and darkness just as and and this is the interesting part because i think we miss you know we're called to impart that that grace that golden rule that light that the fact that praying for others is good we're called to impart that to other people and and i'm just really thankful that that uh, though there was a lot of people along our way that did that for us, mm-hmm. that helped us along the way, that uh, volunteered to help us with our ministry, that, that shed light on subjects we didn't understand, that prayed for us. I know there's a lady up in Washington that still has been praying for us for, you know, 25 years and is still praying for us, you know. There's just and, and that's based, That's a Christian duty, believe it or not. Right. You know,
2: Because Paul says, I'm a debtor to both Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to the unwise. By all that you have known of the love of God, by all that you have received of the rich gifts of his grace, above the most benighted and degraded soul upon the earth, you are in debt to that soul to impart these gifts unto him.
0: You know what, and that's the wonderful thing about Groups like AA and NA, how they they especially take the people that nobody else can quote unquote deal with. You know, those ministries those those ministries do things that doctors and therapists can't do. Right. They take someone that is totally out of hope. They get. I'm. I remember. I I I was questioning the existence of God, who God was what, was, what was the whole God thing, because, you know, when I was out there, I looked around and said, God, if this is the best you can do, I don't want anything to do with it. So basically I faded off the God map, mm-hmm. and then you, I got the tap on the shoulder and then remember our friend Kelly, and I mm-hmm. was, you hooked me up with Kelly, and next thing you know we're going to these meetings, and I'm sitting in a room with 30 clean people clean and sober from methamphetamine and cocaine. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking at that point in time, there has to be a God. There has to be a power greater than me because I had, up to that point from high school on, I had never sat in a room with that many clean people, Mm -hmm. especially former addicts. Mm -hmm. And that's how important it is for us to take those people that are out of hope Get them in into another crowd, a crowd of people who, with for lack of a better term, whose lights are on. You know what I remember? Remember when the first time we went to church, mm-hmm. and we came out of church, and we go, "Did you look in their eyes? Their eyes aren't dark. Their faces glow. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. it's a totally different world once you enter into the quote unquote God world. The people that are actually living God's principles and helping other people, there's a a different glow about them. Right. You know, other than the darkness and the tombstone eyes that we were used to back in the day. Right. So with the gifts and the blessings of this life, it kind of places us in debt. In other words, the more gifts and the more blessings we have, it's more or less the more we owe to our fellow brethren. Does that make sense?
2: Hmm. Do we owe it, or is it you know? Uh, it's better to to give than to receive, and so it's kind of like you can never outgive God, and the more you give, and it's not even you don't even it's not even a tangible thing that you get back necessarily. No, it's you can't put your finger on it. Right, there's something inside um, your heart and your mind that is more at peace, I think, when you give.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and the, some, there's a there's a, a I mean, for the, some of the people we work with, there's a small immediate reward, but the long-term rewards, in other words, after uh, I, I can a couple people come to mind right now, and after we've worked with them for a couple of years, and you see the progress, the actual structure of the life has changed. The motives are to make the world a better place instead of making it a place only for me. Right. You know, and and the and the, the motives and the mindset and the the things that uh, excite someone start changing when you when you see over the years. Those are the long-term um, those are the long-term benefits of working with someone.
2: And, and I think and I think God gives us little glimpses of that along the way if we're willing to see um this the, the little things, that the changes, you know, mm-hmm. because there are those little changes that you can see um, that happen along the way.
0: Yeah, and, you, and, and, and the benefit of work— right.
2: because it's not always that big change doesn't no. always happen.
0: No, so the benefit of working with other people in this regard is you can see the changes a lot better in them. Right. It's hard to see yourself change because you feel that you aren't. Why? Because your brain is still packing around all the stuff you used to do, mm-hmm. and it still wants to tell you that that's still the same person that you were. Right. You know. Right. I mean, your brain is you, you sometimes can be your worst right. enemy. Your
2: history is always there because you can't change it. And all the, we can do is change today.
0: Yeah, and the devil will bring that up, especially when you start to go downhill. We start to listen to the wrong voice in our head, and it, it can be really discouraging, mm-hmm. especially if we're, we were, when we were using, if we were constantly in that um, mode of listening to the bad voice anyway. Right. You know, and so uh, we're almost done here. We got to wrap this thing up. Um If you we're shipping resources all around the world, folks. Uh, We have books. Also, you can tune into our podcast. Go to our website, www.justasiamministries.com. There's resources, everything's there. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life one is like nothing is a miracle, the other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose.
1: Thank you for listening to The Temple of the Mind, part two on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Thank you for listening, and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.